consider yourself normal then this is not the show for you please go somewhere else this is wyrd if it's getting weird it's got to be the weird mountain gals show you're listening to byron and alicia the weird mountain gals you a question. Oh dear, yes. If you were supposed to go to work and you worked five or ten miles down the road and your car tore up, what would you do? Well, I mean, if I lived in an urban setting, I might see if there was a bus that I could take. Uh, But if I had to be at work, I guess I'd ask around to my neighbors to see if anybody was headed that way, especially regularly, and then I could just kind of hitch a ride with them and pay for some of their gas. Um, I don't believe I would choose to walk because five or ten, I mean, five miles, it'd take a while to get there. Ten miles, you pretty much would have to be there all the time. That's a, that's yeah. a long way. So that's a 20-mile round trip. Right, right, right. That's a lot. That's a lot Uphill. Walk. Both, yeah. Both ways. Both ways. <laughs> Well, what if you knew that you were going to have a lean, really lean three months ahead of you as far as money? Mm-hmm. What would you do? Well, I have lived in that place, as, as most of us have, I think. Well, it would depend on a lot of things. I would, uh, I would stock up on non-perishable food to the best of my ability, given if I had money right now, so if I had, like, my last paycheck coming in... I would figure out what my utilities and other expenses were going to be. Yeah. And to make sure I had enough money to pay those for three months. And the thing, the things you have to buy, you know, right. you have to pay for. I would set that aside, and then I would get non-perishable food. I'd get a lot of rice and dried beans and stuff like that. And if it was summertime, of course, I'd have a garden. Yep. So the eating part would not be impossible. In fact, it'd be good. It'd be pretty much what it is now. It'd probably be better if you think about it. It'd be harder, but it'd be better. But I also might be uh, doing foraging, more foraging than I do now. Mm -hmm. And I also might be looking in other people's gardens and saying, are you going to eat all those tomatoes? Because I'd be glad to take this off your hand and give you a nice jar of tomato sauce after I was done. So, yeah, I'd, I'd be working it. I'd work it. Well, that's the thing. That's what I was really getting at was... What do you do if you see an impending problem? What do you do if you find yourself in a problem? And the question is that, and the answer to me is, well, you get yourself out of it. Yep. But you know what's surprising? There are a lot of folks who don't get that concept of getting yourself out of it. No. And they can't equate uh, decency and helping others to to be an independent either. That's the other yeah. thing that I notice. Yeah. There's some folks you can't help them. They want to be independent. Yeah. It, but but there's some folks who want help for everything. And then there are folks who just know how to survive. Yeah. 
Yeah. And I'd rather be that third one. Mm-hmm, me too. You know. But but I found with those stubborn people, and you know, we're Appalachian people, and we are stubborn about being self-sufficient, or we used to be. I think that's one of our problems now. That's what that I'm, lost yeah. That. We've lost a but lot of it. sometimes those stubborn, self-sufficient people, you know, you can just arrive with a couple dozen eggs and leave them on the porch or whatever, or say, you would be doing me a big old favor if, if you, you would take, take this, this off, off my, my hands because lord <laughs> i've got so much that i just can't i can't deal with that too can you could you take a could you use a bushel of corn because i've got some here and, and even if i didn't have any corn i had to go to the farmer's market and buy a bushel of corn i'd do it yeah yeah so that it so because it's a it's a matter of pride with some mountain people they don't want to feel like they owe anybody anything and they don't want to feel like they're beholden to anybody and i have that too i don't like somebody, oh, can know me, somebody can owe me money till the cows come home, and I'll be like, "Well, that's fine," but I don't want to owe anybody any money. Right, right. No, I know that about you, and and that's me too, yeah. as well. Yeah. But there comes a time when you do ask for help, yeah. because that's the practical thing to do. Yeah. You know? But but I guess that's what I'm trying to do today has been to figure out. What I'm trying to define as Appalachian, oh. and why I think it's worth recording and preserving and remembering. Yeah, and so I tend to talk about these light subjects, and me and you just laugh because we're so happy to hang out with each other. I know, I know. And I listened. I went back and I listened to some of our podcasts, and I thought, well, we're some goofy females. <laughs> but We are having a good time up on Weird Night. Right. We have a real good time here, yeah. and we know what we're talking about. Mm-hmm. But it is possible that if you live somewhere else and have never been around here, that you don't understand what it is about Appalachia that makes it worth talking about. Yeah, that is, it's very true. It's very true. And... The more I'm out in the world talking about Appalachia, because people think of me now as that Appalachian folk magic lady. Because you are. I am. The more I'm out here talking about it, I see sometimes people's, their faces change because they were all set to think one thing and to think I was this one sort of thing. And then they get to know me and it's like, oh... Well, you're more right. You have complicated depth. or whatever than we ever gave you credit for. Well, that's part of it, and yeah. it's just uh, I think our value system and our attitudes and the way that we deal with people or don't yeah, deal with or them don't. because there's a lot of that around here yeah. too. But there's something about it that makes it worth preserving. And I was thinking about that saying. Of got a lot of book learning, but not a lot of common sense. Yeah, I yeah. heard that a lot. Yeah, uh, in my childhood, because I too had a lot of book learning, not maybe so much common sense. <laughs> and they actually define IQ. If you if you consider that IQ and is is, is a loose synonym of intelligence, then basically what you're saying is that testing well is not is not a, does not testing if you test well that's fine but that doesn't mean that you're going to get through life and it doesn't make you intelligent yeah. it just means that you test well and you know how to answer questions on a test 
to get through life and to be intelligent, you have to be able to figure stuff out mm-hmm. independently. Yeah, and you have to be curious enough about things to wonder what makes them tick. Right. And I see that. I see that. I see that. Folks in Appalachia have this strong nature as far as we're going to get through this. Mm-hmm. I don't see people giving up. Well, I, I see more and more of that now. And, well, yeah. And with... Um, with the addiction issues that are happening throughout the region, and of course the economy is still not good, that there's there are a lot of people that have lost that sense that their grandparents had of how you just make do. Right. And you and you wear those socks and you just keep darning them until there's nothing left of the sock, but you're darning. Yeah. And and you maybe you have to eat the same thing over and over. You always have cornmeal mush for breakfast. But it is nutritious and filling, and that's what you have. But I think, in some ways, we've lost some of that. And and I think we need to get it back. I think, well, I'm writing a book. You know me. I'm always writing a book. (laughs) But after I finish the book that I'm writing now about animism and permaculture, my next book is called The Ragged Wound. And it's about about the soul of Appalachia. There you go. And how we have lost that sense of self-sufficiency and and a kind of a hard nobility. That's a good way to put that. About how life is and how life can be and how you take care of each other. Maybe that's what it is that I've been kind of looking to define when I think about this podcast and I think about Appalachia because I never knew that I would be that Appalachian gal. You know, yeah. but as I taught through the colleges, uh, my or in college, excuse me, my specialty became tech stuff mm-hmm. and Appalachian stuff yeah. with a sub yeah. with a subcategory of music on the side. Mm-hmm. But it was usually Appalachian music, and yeah. I never thought of myself as that Appalachian girl. Yeah, but I really am that Appalachian girl, just like you are. Well, I, I did everything I could to get away from my raisin. Did because you? it was hard. It was real hard. I got rid of my accent because I was in theater. And I, mm. I, I stopped thinking about all those things that I was raised up with because it was hard and I didn't want to ra- I didn't remember mm. it. I didn't want to think about it. And as I've gotten older, the return to my roots has been significant. Mm. Mine too. Yeah, and it, it feels important to me. To me, to me. I'm going back. I catch myself going back and reading books that I read as a much younger person. Golly, and too. boy, were they still have value? Yeah. And listening to music I listened to when I was, you know, <laughs> seventeen or eighteen years old, and not just the popular music of the day, which is pretty darn good. I'm yeah. gonna say that of that day. Yeah, of that day. But also listening to the, those traditional songs and. You know, we have talked about the kind of weird religious break that we have that is different than most of the rest of the culture here. But, you know, I I love singing me some old mountain hymns. Mm -hmm. I love gospel music. I love singing all of that because it's so heartfelt. And you get to say that it's your birthright. Yes, I do. This is my birthright. I can say it. Yeah, and not because I'm a Christian, but because I'm Appalachian. Right. I get to sing that, yeah. These are the chords. These are the harmonies. Mm -hmm. These are the tunes that we get to express, you know. So it's not that there's no value anywhere else. 
No, because not I'm not at all. Not at all. But it's just that there is some value here, and it's going away. Just well, like things do, it's I'm, going away. I know, it's going away, but then there's weird value. Like like in Asheville right now, and of course we've talked about this too, down in Asheville there's all this, The you, it's impossible to buy property or to rent property yeah. if you are, you know, just a regular old person. If you're a regular working person. You know, it's just almost yeah. impossible. We have a housing shortage and and the prices are unbelievable. Mm-hmm. I, I'm traveling around the country and I'll be in somebody's car and like Pittsburgh, it had, first time was in Pittsburgh and I'd look at a house and go now in your market here, that little house, what would that go for? And people go, well that's a really nice house, that'd probably go for probably $65,000, and I go, you know what, you, you can't buy a damn garage in Asheville, North Carolina for under $150,000. I've seen those little tiny homes oh, for twenty nine thirty thousand. dollars Yeah. Really? And it's really like a room. It's like a big garage. 550 square feet, I think, was the last yeah. one that I saw. Yeah. Which is fine if that's what you want and that's what you can afford. And, and then go get it. Go get it. Yeah. But uh, folks here are being squeezed out of their own homes. Yes. Yep. No, they can't that afford it. in my it. neighborhood. We've got, we were heavily gentrified. Still are. Still are. That that's heartbreaking. Me. It pisses me off. <laughs> well, it, it pisses me off, too. But you can't blame somebody who maybe in the 60s paid $4,000 for a house and they lived in it all all these years and now they're getting up in years and their daughter lives in Greensboro and is just going, Mama, just come and live here, come live with us. And then somebody, some crazy outlander, flatlander comes through and goes, well, Miss So-and-so, I'd be perfectly happy to offer you $50,000 for this house that they paid 4000 they go, well, that sounds really good. Mm-hmm. And then I moved to my daughter's. And then they flip that damn house and sell it for a, a cool 150000 Oh, at least. Yeah. yeah, at least. It's silly the way that it, it works around here. I've heard it said that Asheville was all about the tourism, that they do anything for tourists. Yeah, and that's always been true. Yeah, that's that's been all true for, since the 1800s. Well, I have to add real estate to that, too. Yeah, though. yeah. It's all about tourism and real estate, and that's just the way it is in Asheville. Well, we, we have not, never met a developer we couldn't work with. Uh-uh, never. Not once. And you see these... No matter how slimy and shady exactly they are. Flatlanders. <laughs> and they'll put these houses, remember, what was it, about 10 years ago? Some got some jackass from Florida came up and tried selling all these houses to people perched on the side of the mountain, mm-hmm. but they didn't have any idea how to build on the side of a mountain. Right. And, and then suddenly people are looking at the big crack in their living room wondering what the hell that uh, is. How? We're well, sliding down the that's mountain. Right. That's your house sliding down the mountain. Uh, I just, uh, people who tear stuff down in the name of progress. Oh. And here we've got all these empty buildings. Yep. You know, yeah, not, not one person is going to rehab them. Oh. Well, and even it, with crazy things like, you know, there's a there was a Wendy's over in the north part of town. They tore down the Wendy's to build a new Wendy's. And it's like, what? Not, that doesn't make a damn lick of sense to me. You couldn't just clean that thing up and add a, I don't know, pop a dorm around? I don't know. I don't, and I'm just talking off my Well, head. maybe that's know. why we're not in real estate. That might you be know? the reason that we, we find other things to do because <laughs> I, I just can't imagine. Well, and our property values just keep going up. Where I live 
in a mill village, and the property values just keep going up. And the neighbors who've moved in, they're all like, oh, well, how amazing. Oh, boy, now, now my property's worth even more. And it's like, that only does anybody any good if they're going to leave the neighborhood and make a profit off selling their house. But if you have a commitment to a community, all that means for you is you're going to pay more taxes, then you're going to die, then you're going to leave your house to your heirs if you're lucky, mm -hmm. and then they may reap a benefit from that, but while you're alive, all you're going to do is pay more damn taxes. Well, if you inherit in Asheville, you have to be able to afford to pay the taxes on it to even live there. To even live there. And this place isn't bad. I mean, you know, my husband's family's all in New York, and oh, Lord, the prices up there are amazing. Yeah, I guess we shouldn't grab too much. Well, we should. <laughs> That's our. That's what we can do. That's what we can do. We're we're old women. We can do that. Well, I'm a old woman. You're not an old. No, woman. I'm getting there. I'm getting there. Well, let me tell you, folks, don't move here. No, <laughs> you come and visit us, and you let us know when you're here, so we can have some coffee with you or something stronger or whatever. But yeah, don't 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 move here. You won't like it. No, it'll be awful. And the traffic is ridiculous. The traffic now. is so awful. We're like oh, Los Angeles traffic for East Coast. It's ridiculous for a little town. I know it. I, I know mean, it. We're not Atlanta. We're not even Charlotte. No. And you, you never know now how long is it going to take you to get anywhere. Used to be I could tell you within a couple of minutes, unless there was a wreck or they were doing road construction, oh, I get from point A to point B, and that will take me about 11 minutes. Well, now you don't know. It may take you 11 minutes. It may take you 45 minutes. You may not even be able to get there. So that's pretty typical across the country, but this isn't new for us. It is. It is. It's messing up our skies with yes. all the pollution. Yes, yes. It's messing up our skyline, too. Oh, I, I get really irritated at... Well, of course, I know that I've been very lucky to have these pretty views, but our beautiful mountains are being just ruined well you know there's a thing called the view shed mm -hmm. so you can give your neighbor hell if they build in their on their property in such a way that it ruins your view oh i had no That's idea your view shed a view shed a view okay. shed in that never in heard that of that a bunch of pompous crap yeah anyway <laughs> I mean, and hotels. Oh my lord! Every time we turn around, there's a new hotel being built, and the and the new one is uglier than the last one. Yeah, it's ridiculous. They have no personality. They nope, have no. no they're all. all exactly the same. But they did do, you know, the old Northwestern Bank building. They mm -hmm. redid all that. It's really pretty, except at night, it looks like that building from Ghostbusters. It is one scary-looking building. Oh, because it's so lit up. Yes, yeah. yes. I know. And it has that kind of Art Nouveau deco stuff. That's oh. the thing I love about Asheville, though, is I do love the Asheville architecture. Yeah, we still have a few good pieces. Mm -hmm. Now, we, we've knocked down a lot of it. We have, but not as much as most of the other cities well, because... Well, that's what people tell me. Well, when... when now, this is my understanding of the history of it, is when there was the big market crash... Mm -hmm. Back in 19, was it 29? Yep. It, when the market crashed, the city of Asheville was, for some reason, fairly okay. And the city of Asheville paid their debts. Yes. They were one of the only cities in the United yep. States that paid their debts to uh, to the government, to the federal government. But because of that, the city of Asheville was broke for decades. Yeah, for a and long And so time. kept the old buildings. And in fact, the man who did that, who was the mayor at the time, was a man named uh, Mr. Otis Green. 
And my grandmother worked in his hardware store, which was right downtown on the square. And when I went to church with her at Haywood Street Methodist Church, I sat beside Mr. Green. Hmm. And he kept me in line. You she knew. was up in the choir. You knew she everybody, looked, didn't I, she you? She looked down at me. And it, if he caught her looking, he'd look down at me like, are you, quit, quit squiggling. What are you doing? <laughs> Straighten up. Here's, and he'd give me a shiny quarter for the collection. Oh, he was a nice man. Mr. Green. But yeah, that's exactly right. Uh, Asheville was broke for decades. And so there, there wasn't that heavy renewal that took down some right. of those nicer buildings. Right. But then we came along and we cut through the 240 Expressway, and that took that took some a lot of housing stock out. We did the open cut. We did, yeah, took an open cut, and then we went downtown, and I mean, we took out a whole block where the Imperial Theater used mm-hmm. to be. That whole block was just raised in the 70s. And then we had, we went straight into some sort of financial recession, mm-hmm. and you could see the tumbleweeds blowing down the road in West in Asheville. I tell you that I loved Asheville in the early eighties. I did in, too. In the eighties, I loved oh, it yeah. because you could get a decent meal and you could afford it, unlike yep. now. And also, I tell people this all the time about the River Arts District, which is a thing we have is that in the 80s, when people are always complaining about how dull Asheville was, there was nothing to do, artists could afford to live downtown yeah. and have a big studio, and there was art everywhere. Everywhere. Yeah, yeah. You, so somebody would paint an enormous canvas and just take it out on the sidewalk so that it could dry, or they'd show off whatever piece of, of sculpture they were doing, and you could walk down the street and see art you could and it was just everywhere, and there was music everywhere. And then sharing a property line with all of that highfalutin stuff would be the uh, cattle auction. Yeah. Right <laughs> oh, that's right. Till the cows come home. That's what Johnny Panlin auction used to be something about. You can come down here till the cows come till home. Till the cows come home. But I, we used to go down a lot. My dad and I would go down for the um, horse and pony auction. <laughs> and there was always a like a flea market right outside. Do you remember yep, that? Yeah, I remember that. And that you could get tools sharpened, and you could always get a handle for you for your old shovel. You uh, get a new handle. I miss the old auctions. Oh, now, gosh, me too. I'm sucker for an old country auction. Mm-hmm. We had, and I'd love to remember their names. That I would go to an auction down at Almond, which was. On the outskirts of uh, Fontana. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You go past Murphy and all that. And there, the auctioneer and the guy who assisted him, they both had the exact same name. And it was some <laughs> odd name. And they just had, it was like watching a comedy show, though. I loved going to the auctions. Oh, God. Loved going. Well, Johnny Penland used to be like that because, you know, he was down there at, in the, in where the stockyard was, right behind in there. And his uh, son-in-law was is Tootin. His last name was Tootin. Tom and Toot, Tom Tootin. <laughs> oh yeah. And they would they were just a cut up. They were so funny. Why not have fun? These people would. And today, to this day, I still say things that I heard at the auction when I was a kid. You know, it's <laughs> like let's pick it and go. Yeah. That one guy would all say, done, "Pick it and through, go." All done, all through. <laughs> Number twenty-one. It's yours. It is yours. Yeah. And you just had to have it. Yeah. Well, this, the auction that I'm talking about, Johnny Penland had beautiful stuff. Oh, he did, but he always had, like, boxes of stuff. It was like, what is in there? I want it. That's what this guy would do out at Almond. You could tell that they would have, they'd go clean out a house. 
and they'd have one thing that would be nice and then put it in a box with a bunch of crap. And so if you wanted it, you had to buy the whole box, you know, and then take that with you. You didn't get to keep it. And that's how they did it. And I thought that was ingenious. Yeah. And boy, did I love those things. And I remember going to an auction at Andrews and I, the thing about those auctions where they would always sell those little raffle tickets and you'd get to, if you won, you'd, you know, win some prize or something. And when I was a child, I did that and I won this painted pitcher, one of those pitchers with a bowl underneath it that goes on top of a dresser. Oh, I love those. Yes, yeah. I won one of those, and uh, oh, nice. uh, it was the most proud day of my life, let me tell you oh, something. Oh, gosh, that sounds so... Pr- I, I love those. Now they're kind of, when you see them, they're kind of bright and tacky. They used to be they were just sort of like milk glass or heavy, like... Crockery this was crockery with like painted roses yeah. on it. Oh, how pretty! And I took that to my grandma and I said, gave that oh. to her. And I was so proud, and she had it right there on the dresser till the day she died. Oh, did yeah. you get it back? I did not. Did you inherit it back? <laughs> no, but I think my mom did. Oh, okay. I well, that's, so. nice. that's nice. If, yeah. You get to see it sometimes. I do. Well, it's just a thing. But still, that was one of those memories. So the auctions were fun. They were That's fun. That's what you would do in a small town for entertainment. Yeah, Friday night auction at uh, down at Johnny Penland's. We used to go all the time, and um, there was always refreshments. So you could get a can of some kind of Coca Cola, oh, yes. and a hot dog maybe, or a chili dog. They would have a hot dog, and somebody would bring a crock pot with, with the chili, with chili in it. Yes, and yes. it'd be you know a dollar for a hot dog. And or there'd something. be all the regulars, and they'd have their seat. Yes. And they'd leave their little number thing that was made like those funeral fans, you know, that had mm-hmm. their number on a stick that would hold their that seat. That was us, them. and we had, we had our seats held for it. And they'd bring a pillow for it, you know, because you're going to be there for a few it hours. It was a special thing. I love it. <laughs> you know, we're always talking about doing these remote broadcasts. We ought to do that from, a, from an auction. I think. I think Penland and Tootin still do it out in... Well, there's one in Edneyville now. Oh, there's a bunch of them. Yeah, Yeah, let's do it. There's one in Fletcher. Is it really? Yeah, it's a pretty good one. Do you know what night it is? Is it every I'm sure it's on Friday and Saturday. (laughs) And there's a giant one in Hendersonville on Friday and Saturday on 7th Avenue. You know that junk shop I took you to? Right across from there. Oh, I would love to do that. Let's go get us some stuff. No, I don't want to buy nothing because look at this house. It's hot. I came in here, I come in this house every Wednesday, and I bring whatever I got at the junk store to come <laughs> into the house. And this house is about full now. I got to quit It is getting it. full. We, I've got to quit It's it. spring. We're getting ready to do spring cleaning. Well, so spring cleaning. So let's be easy on ourselves. We're going to get some tubs and put some things away. Yes, we are. I finally cleared that pile in the in the dining room out. I, pretty good. Still got a little bit to do. Oh. So we'll find money here all weekend now. We did. In fact, I keep seeing pennies everywhere I looked. There's one right there. There's one. The there's one. Yep. There was one in the kitchen. <laughs> the house knows mercy. we're cleaning it. So I guess Gomez is getting ready to show up. And Gomez, the yard man and the man who brings the delicious tacos. And chocolate. Yeah, and chocolate. He is, he's my favorite bear these days. <laughs> he'll he'll <laughs> show up and he'll bring, he brought me them tacos. And they were, what are they called? Bam Bam Shrimp? Bam Bam. I called them Bang Bang Shrimp. Oh, my gosh. That's the most delicious thing. There's a woman in the store behind me while I'm, I'm scarfing down my taco. She was like, what's that smell? And I thought, oh, no. And she was big, too. I thought she might fight me for it. I was like, 
It's a taco. It's a taco. Comes from right up, right up the street. It's good. Shrimp, spicy. <laughs> Wait. Oh, I just ate the last one. Oh, sorry. <laughs> oh, you. Don't get you one, though. I, I called them. I thought they were bang, bang shrimp. Or, 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 and so he went over there to not, they're bam, bam shrimp. So he went over there and he asked the girl for bang, bang shrimp. And, uh, he's, uh, he told me, he said, you know, they laughed at me a little bit. And I was like, I'm so sorry. I did not do that on purpose anyway. Oh, yeah. oh it's good. Yeah, so he'll show up momentarily. Yeah, so and, and again, we did not talk about what we were thinking about talking about, but I swear, the two of us sit down and we just get started. Food, no music. Way. Yeah, we just barely get started when it's time to be done. I know it. And and we were so good this time, we didn't talk about food so much till we got to the end, and then it was like tacos, <laughs> chocolate. <laughs> no, we it's time for food. It's time for it's food. It's time. It is time for food. Well, so, y'all, thanks for being with us while we talked about whatever we talked about. What did we talk about? I can't today? even remember. My mind is a blank. Craig, <laughs> Craig, you'll have to figure out what we talked about because we don't know. We just kept talking. We'll attempt to summarize it. I hope somebody got some value out of it. <laughs> maybe we'll make it value added at some point. Oh, sorry. Okay. We could do that. We'll add in a, a Gomez. Story, story or something, whatever. We'll sing them a hymn. Oh, yeah. Hey, ladies, this is something that I just found. It might be a juicy little tidbit to add in. We'll call, we'll call this a little break, uh, a little off the top. Every kind of song. It was just wonderful. We did. We did. And so, you know, I was talking to her the other day about circumcision. What? As one does. As one does. Good <laughs> and, southern women. That's right. We're discussing important things. That's right. And Terry can flat out talk about that subject. Can she? Yeah, so yes, you wouldn't think that there would be a connection, seeing as how she's never been in the medical field, she's an accountant instead. But I think that it's highly uh, appropriate that she knows all about taking some off the... <laughs> off the tip? Off what? the tip there. <laughs> oh, Lord, we are nasty. Sorry, Miss Terry. We yes. love you. She's a smart gal, is she the thing. Is a smart she knows gal. some about a lot and of she's things. She's a talented gal. She really oh, is. Yeah. Oh, yeah. On the ukulele and yes, stuff. Yes, yeah. ma'am. And a happy soul. And that's, yeah. I love her to death. But anyway, yes, so we were talking about circumcision as one does. As one does. And I was looking around me and I was thinking, well, we're just in this strangest place right now in 2020. In, in, in 20. In 2010, I don't think I would have felt as comfortable just sitting in a room with people that I sort of knew and some that I really knew yeah. and some that I didn't hardly know talking yeah. about just any subject, you know. But instead we were talking. And you you know, Gomez, we could talk about this subject for a while. I, I could make you cringe because she educated me on a few things. Are you interested in hearing? No? You're shaking your head? No. Okay. All right. Well, I guess it's a moot point. It just seems so mean to me. I understand that there's a religious reason for that and some health-related issues around it, but I don't know. I just don't like seeing people have to cut pieces off their bodies. Oh, you know, it's just... I don't know what to, I don't have a big opinion about it because I don't have children. Well, and, and you so, don't have a thing that needs to be circumcised. Right, and I, yeah. I don't need any off the tip at all. No, so. no. <laughs> anyway, so there's enough about that subject anyway. Talk to y'all later. Bye now. Bye, Miss Terry. And that tip was all about the tip. Just the tip. <laughs>
<laughs> Back to you, ladies. Take the hand of the hand of the man who steal the water. Take, and I can't remember the words. Take the hand of the hand of the man who calmed the sea. Take the hand of the hand. And this is now take a look at yourself. Oh, that's it. And you can look at others differently. Take the hand of the hand of the man from Galilee. I can remember that third part, and I was singing, Take the hand of the hand of the man who healed the lepers. <laughs> who sang that? Oh, Lord. Here we go. You knew I was going to ask you that. I sang it. I couldn't remember. But that's it. You look at others differently. And you know what? We just gave them a proper southern goodbye because it took like five minutes. I know. And now let's really say. Bye-bye. Yeah. Y'all, thank you for listening. We sure do appreciate you. We can't wait to see you. Bye now. Bye. Thank you for spending your time with us here at Weird Mountain Gals. We sure do appreciate it. You know, I know time is the most important thing we have, so I promise that if you take your time to listen to us, we'll take our time to continue to be weird. Many thanks to Sunslice Records for all the help. We couldn't do it without you, Craig. Check out our social media for information, community, or a few laughs. W-Y-R-D Mountain Gals.